0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Good Fight Tattoo podcast. This is part two in our mini-series about racism in tattooing. Uh, We've got some different guests with some different opinions this time. Uh, Ilaria and Davide wanted to talk about their experiences of racism and what they think and how they think everything can be helped. So yeah, uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast, same as always. Same as last time, I'm doing this on the fly. The audio quality might not be perfect but you, again you get to see my face again anyway on with the show right so welcome to the podcast uh this on today's episode we've got Ilaria and Davide
1: uh just want to start off with you guys telling us your background and what you're here to
0: talk about
2: one at right. a time though yeah right then mate so yeah um Basically, I tau I'm also, like, brown, and there's a lot of crazy, like, racist shit that's going on at the moment, so it's probably why I'm on this podcast, because there's only about three or four towers that are, like, not white in England, so, yeah, that's why I'm here. right? Okay.
3: Um, and I'm here because he's my brother, and so, by proxy, they wanted a female perspective that was also brown, and so, ta-da.
1: Fair play so if you can give us a little bit of your background where you like where you've grown up and and things like that and your experience growing up
0: and so forth
2: so um i'm half italian half nigerian i was well, we were born in italy grew up there lived there until i was like 9 moved to england lived in wallington lived in croydon didn't move to Northampton until uh, I was like eleven, and yeah, ended up like getting in tattooing. I've like, got my studio. I've been tattooing ten years and I owned my own studio for like three.
1: Yeah. So before yeah, before man. we move on to you with that, Alaria uh, Davide, can I just say to ask you like with your experiences through those things about racism that you've you, you've encountered, or if you you know how you feel about those things because.
2: There's a lot of talk about racism in the tattooing world at the moment. Yeah, well, apparently, yeah, there seems to be a lot of talk about racism in tattooing. And I just find that odd because my experience has, you know, I've experienced, I know what racism is growing up in Italy and dealing with it. You know, maybe it wasn't hateful racism, but it was like every day. So every day you were made to feel like less of a person compared to, like, everyone else around you. When I, like, moved to England, it wasn't the same type of racism because it wasn't – things here are a lot more open-minded and that's why I love this country. But when I did encounter racism here in England, it was, like, hateful racism, very different to, like, Italy. But within the Thai world, literally the same as, like, skateboarding, the same as, like – being alternative, being into metal, like I've never experienced. I feel like the people in our in the tattoo industry have always not welcomed me in open with open arms because I'm like black or brown or whatever. Just, just because I'm like you know we're into the same shit. Like I've I've never I've never ex- had a, like a racist experience within tattooing. Like it's just all been love, mutual love between you know artists what about so it sounds like a very different experience Ilaria,
1: what about you and your background and
3: um, um yeah so i i don't tattoo so i have a different background i teach i teach english at the moment as a foreign language but what what my brother said is true in italy the type of racism is more ignorant usually out of ignorance and usually out of somehow still not being used to seeing uh, dark people around um despite all these years and and generally um, yeah, people, it's part of the language, it's part of how they think, uh, they're not used to seeing dark-skinned Italians still in 2020, and so, yeah, you would, we would get off the plane, and you would immediately realize that you were different, you'd immediately get stared at more, and people would be surprised you even speak the language, and so on and so forth. Uh, different from my brother, I went back to Italy for university, and I stayed there and lived there for four years and so I got to experience it as an adult or as as a young adult as well as a child and (laughs) nothing had changed more or less oh well and then on top of that uh being a woman you get an extra layer of sexism tied together with the racism which is extra nice um I would say (laughs) I would say that like my brother said in England the type of racism that we experienced was only when we were very young, and then again, it was almost really not that often. and when it did happen, it was somebody who was quite ignorant, quite bigoted, and did it out of quite you know hatred uh, but generally not not so frequent. Italian racism still quite frequent. I mean, yeah, generally they don't they don't uh, view. Uh, uh, they still don't view black people as as being part of their culture yet, which is different from England being very multicultural. So in in my experience in my workplace, no racism at all. Uh, But having that background, it sticks with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you definitely remember, like, with all this, with everything that's going on at the moment and people... I wouldn't say people are exaggerating because yeah, there are things that are wrong, but it's like, I feel like we've lost that focus from like, you know, black man gets arrested, ends up being killed, which, you know, that should never happen. Like, being arrested doesn't mean you should end up dying. Like those two things just shouldn't happen. Like if you get arrested, then, you know, at least make it back to the police station if you've done something wrong. Yeah. But I feel like the, the problem of America and whatever problem we've got here, Two very different things. There are problems here, but I don't know how much all the shit that people are doing is really... Like, I'm sure it is helping, but to what cost? To the point that's, where... That's, that's something that we, uh, we sort
1: of talked about before we started recording, is it seems like you're concerned you know forgive me for paraphrasing on your behalf but like it it seems like you're concerned about the divides that are being created from things that have been happening uh over like you know compared
2: to the things that are coming out of it that are positive right yeah man I just think if you you can't force everyone to feel or think the way you do because not everyone has had your experiences in life like I can't expect every white person well well I don't expect white people to really understand like what like what it's like to have to live with racism on a daily basis when you're like young and growing up and stuff but at the same time I can't crucify them for like I don't know if I've got I've got friends of mine that might have slightly right-wing political views but it's like Or I've met people that just, you know, they're not my friends, they have very strong views, but I can't force them to think or change their mind. Like, you've got to live, you've got to let people have their, you can't police their point of views. Even if it might be wrong, they still have the right to, like, have their point of view and still earn a living and, you know, not end up having pictures of their, like, kids, like, all over social media just because, like, they might have done some... Some taboos, if you want
3: to
1: call them that. So yeah. Just, I, I, oh, go
3: sorry. on, go on, after you. No, 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 I, I agree. I mean, it, it seems like be, committing a moral crime, being morally wrong, uh, not following the general mainstream consensus about about things seems to have escalated to a point where you get punished far more severely for having wrong thoughts wrong opinions or wrong ideas compared to actually committing a crime like a, a legal <laughs> an yeah. illegal crime so uh, think about it this way if we uh, in a lot of the a lot of the world abolished the death penalty because we believed that there was some intrinsic human right and that regardless of how 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 much of a crime you committed, you still had the basic human right to live at some point after you've served your sentence. If we, if we manage to be that empathetic, even with criminals, even with very, very bad criminals, it's interesting to me that we're not that empathetic when it comes to opinions especially opinions expressed online. Like people lose their jobs over tweets. People lose their careers and their respect and they go after their family and they go after their friends. And just by association, you lose so much reputation and social standing over essentially what people think. And to me, I feel like that goes against, that's too close to censorship of of thought and it's too close to really going against any kind of freedom of expression, because there's no end to it. When, where do you draw the line about what's okay and what's not okay? If everybody can find, pick out something to be offended by. You, once you start, you don't stop policing.
1: Mm. So do you think there is like an over-policing of people's views and their opinions? Oh,
2: God. 100% man, like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I just think, um, yeah, like there is, we just can't go around like people are just they're going to have different views than you, and they might be like they might be wrong, or they might not fit in with what is politically correct in today's standards. and bear in mind that that changes like every 10 years, but you can't you can't go on this witch hunt because it is literally it's a crusade, it's a witch hunt. it's like the same as, yeah, burning a load of witches based on, you know hearsay here and there and you know you're too you know you just go with the general consensus because you're too scared to not or you're too yeah. scared to like think for yourself or have a slightly different opinion so if they say jump everyone's going to be jumping and I don't know even if you're doing it for the right cause I pu- I can't be part of that like no, I can't So
1: that kind of leads us on to one of the things that we talked about that we wanted to to talk about. There's a specific person in tattooing that there's a whole thing that's going on to do with racism without naming names. So anytime you're trying to like talk about this particular person, maybe make up like a, like just a name, someone like, you know, maybe a cat name or whatever when talking about them.
2: (coughs) So well, we'll call him. Bob. So yeah, the shit that's happening with Bob. Yeah, I mean to be fair, that's what kind of caught my attention after the George Floyd situation and you know everyone was sharing their opinions on social media and you know everyone was getting all wild up and crazy, which you know, rightfully they should be because you know the shit that happened was crazy before you before you go on before you go on do you want to just explain what
1: happened with bob the bob scenario do you want to explain the scenario
2: well the bob scenario is bob bob owned a donut shop i believe it doesn't work there just owned the shop and someone an employee who works there had some racial, racial abuse. I think like two years ago it happened from another member of staff and two years later decided to voice her opinion about what had happened instead of, I don't know, I guess, confronting the manager who worked there or dealing with it two years ago, but, you know, whatever. Everyone, you know, everyone deals with things differently. Like someone else had, who works there, who was also the employees who work there were all suffering abuse from this person. So it wasn't just black person who suffered the, you know, abuse. I guess because she's black, I guess it's racist. But anyway, Um, yeah, so she calls out, well, I guess she calls out, she posts it on social media, and I guess she, I think the donut shop's called, Am I allowed to name the donut shop? Probably not. No, no. Okay, cool. Well, puts the name of the donut shop on social media, creates an account, posts loads of pictures of, I don't know, a lot of the symbols, and I don't know where the pictures of his wife and kids are there, but I guess, you know, they said that that had happened. And, yeah, you know, his career is basically been ruined you know regardless of whether we think what he's done is right wrong you know are you allowed to the force of social media has you know with no one policing it has decided his fate they basically you know they decided that he has done something wrong so he will be punished so i don't think regardless of whether he's done something wrong that is the way to do things like if you have a problem with someone work related for starters have the integrity as a person as a minority to speak out on the situation when it's happening to you like i've had people say racist shit to me and i've dealt with it like you deal with that shit face to face you don't call someone out and you're not even calling out the person in question you're calling out someone who owns the shop that has very little to do with it. Or if you aren't going to call them out, at least give them the chance to figure some shit out, like, you yeah. know, to try and settle the matter. But- so just
1: before you go on, because I just saw, Ilari, you've got your I want to speak card that you've just...
3: Yeah.
1: Before you do, can I just sort of clarify, just to make sure that mm-hmm. everyone understands the scenario. So from what you're saying, someone worked at this donut shop and was suffering racial abuse at the donut shop and years later then made a page to on social media to create a narrative about bob um to try and tear bob down who is the owner of the coffee
2: shop right is that is that what you're saying is what happened um i am saying that it's just listening to you say it just makes it sound so ridiculous we're like, even like like someone's potential like i don't know i just it just sounds like a bit of a joke that someone's potentially lost their like career over yeah someone so, working in a donut shop but so to, so to referee yeah, that's that what i'm saying yeah the referee
1: the chat now alaria you held up your yeah i know i
3: i just wanted to also clarify what my brother was saying in that um from my understanding the person the perpetrator of the abuse whether both racial abuse towards this one member of staff and also just general verbal abuse to all the other members of staff who this, this person was a manager. From my understanding, this person has has gotten no criticism, no heat, no consequences from this. I'm assuming two years later, this person might work there, might not work there. And I, in either way, they haven't gone directly for the actual person committing <laughs> the abuse. They've gone for the owner of the shop, who may or may not have even been aware of the situation, who may or may not have you know ever been told and you know coming uh making a post about it two years later and name dropping the shop and you know name dropping the more famous person because obviously i'm assuming the member of staff is just an average person Mm. uh but name dropping the person who does have a platform uh who does have other activities who is involved in the world of tattooing right now especially right now timing wise whilst the whole world is riled up about racial issues. Um, to me, it seems very opportunistic. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I know people take different amounts of time to process what they perceive to be more or less large traumas. Uh, we, don't, you know, I don't want to compare suffering. To me, ra- verbal racial abuse or verbal abuse is on a level that can be dealt with at work you have all the rights are on your side as an employee if we live in a country where there is a lot of <laughs> laws that you know anti-discrimination laws that benefit you if you receive any kind of abuse at work and so uh, for me it seems a bit cheap that you not only didn't deal with it at the time but also you go gunning for a person who wasn't the person who did it to you just happened to own the premises yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense, Davide. You you held up your I want to speak card for a second.
3: I, I
2: I only held it up because I thought my sister had said that it was the manager who was the perpetrator, but she didn't. She, right. that, yeah,
1: yeah. So, it, like, it, what you're saying there is, it, it, I don't know for certain what's happened. I've seen on social media certain things, I've heard certain things, and I don't know what's happened. But if what you're saying is true, then like the fact that Bob who hasn't committed the abuse is getting the heat for it why do you think that that is the case why do you think
2: that Bob's taking the heat well in a way it sounds stupid but I feel like it's a little bit like racial profiling in terms of you know they see this person he's got you know I'm sure he's probably gone in the shop a couple of times he's like but he's got all these questionable symbols he's obviously white and you know i feel like bob has never hidden this is what like annoyed me so much about everyone like losing their shit from the tattoo world there was a lot of people who tried to back him and be like you know not he's not racist like i've met him he's cool he's a cool dude but there's a lot of people that, you know, are just ready to throw him under, underneath the bus. And I'm like, dude, if we had a problem with this, this was, if Bob was a problem in Tywin, I'm pretty sure like Tywin would have called him out. Like we're should not, we, you know, we, um, we we're pretty open-minded, but I feel like he's never hidden it. Well, should we, like, should, uh, should we talk about the things that,
1: that, that people profiled on Bob and what, what has happened? So it seems to me that, like the Instagram, what, what happened with that is there was a lot of stuff that, about tattoos that he has and you know uh paintings that he's done and so on so if you want to talk about what those things are
2: yeah so yeah so you know there's a lot of i guess either uber right wing or like nazi symbolism you want to call it like yeah nazi symbols but i feel like as a tattooer or as tattooists we are all interested in symbols and the meanings behind them and as we all know a lot of symbols and i can't be bothered to sit there and name all the symbols he's got tattooed because it doesn't really matter at this point but we all know that symbols have different meanings and old much older meanings to maybe what they might mean now like anyone can take i can take a fucking symbol and turn it into like a hate symbol if i really want to like it apparently it doesn't take that much but um yeah. Um so so like go on. Um, go, ahead,
3: Larry, yeah, go ahead. I know I just I just wanted to also clarify with you, David. So I think from my understanding is I, I'm assuming the dynamic was uh the the black person in question name dropped the donut shop and the owner in the process and the way as as is the way with the internet, people on uh react emotionally and on, and on a sort of go on a little bit of a lynch mob and must have looked up the owner uh, on social media. And like you said, he's never hidden the kind of stuff he's into. I mean, whether it be his tattoos or whether it be the things he likes painting, whether it be collecting memorabilia, stuff like that. He He is that kind of, he has those kind of interests, but he's never really tried to hide it. And so I'm assuming people must have landed on his social media page right. and before, seen...
1: Before you go on, one thing with that is he it wasn't that people have gone onto his social media page and seen it. It was that there was a, an Instagram account that was set up deliberately to... Oh, deliberate
3: to... Okay, so well, but again, the same kind of dynamic. Someone must have gone to his social media page, cherry-picked images that were more or less incriminating and put them on a page to go, the person who owns the shop has all of this stuff uh on them which is questionable and I feel like well like I said it's cherry picking I mean if someone's purposely gone through your photos to try and pick out the work the more incriminating things or questionable things for the purpose of making you look racist because that's the whole gift to validate your narrative of what happened to you two years ago again I feel like it's cheap I feel like I don't don't know the person who did this, but I feel like, you know, if you need to go to those lengths to out someone for being racist, I have a a suspicion that perhaps they're less racist than you think. And the entire event was probably less racist than you think.
1: So Davina, you had something you wanted to say, and then I I
2: kind of wanted to say something. Yeah, well, I was going to jump in on the whole, you know, Tatooine has always been, you know, a little bit out there, a little bit rock and roll generally if you want to be part of tattooing generally your your thought process is that you don't want to you don't want to be part of like day-to-day normal society like you know it's the reason i got in it pretty sure it's the reason that you got in it because it was different like and i don't know i just feel like if we're going to start literally policing you know what like how can you police like your hobbies like you know people who have weird hobbies like sometimes you know the things that are like the most disgusting or terrifying or people that have done the worst things like you know sometimes that taboo or whatever intrigues you enough like people that are into like serial killers you know just because you're into them doesn't make you a serial killer like you know there's people who collect serial killer mementos and you know shit like that there's a lot like fucked up people out there but just because you're interested in it doesn't necessarily mean you are one you know I've got images in my tattoo studio. I've got swash stickers in there. I've got some flash, quite a lot of flash with like the Confederate flag. Does that mean that because I own these images, I've got books with these images and they, they do interest me. Like I don't see like, you know, I can detach sometimes the meaning from just the image and being a tattooist and you know, your job is literally just staring at fucking images all day, you know, you like the good ones, you like the bad ones. Like I've got books with like biker, white power fucking, you know, designs and shit from the 70s. And I just look at that shit and I just think, well, I mean, I look at that shit and I just think it's rad. Like obviously it's fucked up. But you know, I don't have to look at it for the for its like like general meaning. Like I we can speak past you don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean you agree with it. I understand, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think
1: it was an interesting point mm. that before, uh, I think it was an interesting point that you raised, Ilaria, was that the person who is supposed to have carried out this racial abuse in, in the workplace uh, seems to have, as far as anyone is aware, suffered no repercussions.
3: Yeah, that's my understanding. And then perhaps I'm, I may be wrong, I don't know these people that closely, but it seems to me that. Um it's so much easier to to get people to back you to get people to back your the story you're telling the narrative you're trying to tell when you've gun for someone who has a big platform, which is why you know we hear it on the news all the time we hear it on the news all the time that you know celebrities get called out for tweets and posts and things that may or may not have been you know discriminatory may or may not have been racist. Um, simply because it, it has more shock value if it's someone famous or someone with a big platform. You know, it, it's much more sensational. And so I feel like that's, if you have to go, if you have to sensationalize your story, uh, I, I mean, racism is a daily thing. Like we said before, like we, we suffered racism on a daily basis in Italy growing up. It, does, it, it Each individual case of racism is usually not that large. You know, it can be a comment, it can be a shitty attitude, it can be an insult. Um, We're quite lucky that it's never really been physical violence in our case, although that does happen sometimes. Uh, But, you know, each individual case of racism is one case. The problem is that it's the culmination of it throughout your entire life. Each little case builds and builds and builds and builds, and that's something that you can't really explain to someone who hasn't experienced it. it isn't just the one case it's the the continuous building on top of every other case that's affected you and and you become more sensitive so, to it
1: so to play devil's advocate on that with with that in mind does that mean you can be empathetic to the fact that this person who has suffered racial abuse has probably got f- pretty sick of suffering racial abuse over their t- time in their lifetime so therefore when it's come to the point that there there's They've they've tried. Someone's tried to confront the whole situation. Mm. What happened, and nothing happened. They've gone. Well, I'm going to find a way to make something happen.
3: I mean, I agree with you, but then you shouldn't like me explaining that what I just said, explaining that the reason people get a bit sensitive to racism because it's the culmination of all the experience in your life. That should really be enough without having to really go out of your way to sensationalize it. Also, because it's not the right person. If you really cared about justice. You know, if someone is abusive to you, surely you want that person to suffer some justice or that person to be, um, you know, made responsible. I, I, you know, just because one white person is rape, has been in my life many times, just because p- white people have been racist to me doesn't mean I want all white people to suffer. doesn't mean I'm going to pick a random white person to exact my revenge on. It makes no sense. So even in that sense, even, like, with the culmination and, and, you know, you act, you react, you know, emotionally perhaps, but that's in the moment. So two, adding the two years later part, I, I still don't agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, like, I don't buy it. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I don't, I don't buy it. Like, I just think if you experience, if, if it's someone who has experienced racist things, racial events and you know I, i think the more that it happens the more the layer of skin gets thicker i don't think like you know the first few times it happens you're like holy shit like why is this happening why like you know why am i getting called out for something that i have no control over like whatever like skin color i pop out like your mother's fucking vagina like you just you pop out the same way you can't control like where you're born which is a problem why, you know, the thing that I have, I have a problem with like nationalists who are like, you know, so like there's nothing wrong with being proud of where you're from, but it's like, you're just randomly born there. Like, you know, I'm proud of being half Italian Nigerian, but you know, I'm not going to be so proud of my country over, you know, shitting on someone else's culture.
1: See, I think no. it's weird. I, I personally think it's weird because I've got, I'm not proud of being English at all because I don't think there's particularly anything to be proud of about being oh, English. No. It's not like we have a particularly great history of stuff that we've done where we can go,
2: look how wonderful we
1: are as a race.
2: Well, I don't know. See, you say that, but, like, so whenever I'm tattooing people, uh, you know, I get a lot of, obviously, British people in the shop, and, you know, they're always moaning about England and being somewhat, like, being foreign, even though I've lived here longer than I lived in Italy, but you know, I I love England because I couldn't, I couldn't imagine how my life would have turned out. I couldn't, I don't know. I still think I would have always been on that left-hand path, but you know, I, I don't think I would have gone into skateboarding necessarily. I don't think that, I don't know if I would have gone into tattooing and you know, i probably wouldn't have, it's just so open-minded here. Like I, whenever I'd go back to Italy as a, like during like school and half term and stuff and I'd see all my Italian friends and they'd just all be sheeps all dressed the same all just with the same points of views and then I'd come back to England and I don't know there's just so many different types of people here and like I said I didn't f- feel like I was constantly being stared at like I was some person from fucking like Mars because honestly that's what it feels like or how it felt like in Italy and like the fucking 90s and, you know, even, like, the early noughties, like, you still just... You were always the different person. And I don't know. I know, like, most of the things I do in life, I'm always the brown dude. I'm always the token black guy. And, you know, I've got used to that. But at least here, people don't fucking stare at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lara, you, you were wanting to say... Yeah,
3: something. I mean, I, I was agreeing completely. with My brother used to me nodding away. Uh Yeah, I mean... <laughs> To to sort of tie the two points together, getting tired of racism and also building a resistance of racism kind of go hand in hand. Like I said before, because it's a culmination of things, over time you do become a bit more resilient. You, you, You wouldn't be able to survive. You have to, like, the same way at some point you have to make your peace with it or a kind of peace with it, that this is something that unfortunately is going to happen to you a lot and you have no control over it at some point, especially if whilst you're growing up, you just kind of accept that that is the the, the lot you've been given in life. Uh, at the same time, because you've had to do that, I understand people getting, you know, on a bad day, you might be frustrated on a bad day, you might be tired of it again, even if it's something minor, it, it sparks everything else that's happened. So you might just be, I wouldn't say maybe too, emotionally sensitive to it but just exasperated is probably a better word you're just exasperated like again and again and again but at the same time you by that point as a young adult probably you you should have developed some kind of coping mechanism either you stop caring or you call people out immediately or you don't do anything I I, I mean again different people cope in different ways for me if I had to get There's been times where I've been exasperated and I've gotten very, very angry at at what might have been a small instance of racism, but off the back of just generally this situation happening again and again. And there's been times where you just tell people to fuck off and you move on with your life because you can't fight that fight every single, it takes so much energy to get angry. I don't personally like getting upset, you know, it's a lot of negative energy it make it leaves you drained. it's not fun, and so you know sometimes it's not even worth it it's not It's not really worth it. so I feel like for an adult we're talking about adults here, for an adult person to to deal with it in this way i mean it seems I don't buy it, it seems immature, it just seems cheap or it just seems opportunist again there's a whole bunch of other ways you could have dealt with this
2: yeah man, like I was literally just going to agree with that, like I don't feel like. I feel like someone who has dealt with racism in their life would not have dealt with that in that situation. Like that situation would have been dealt two years ago, not now. And you know, this person's being called, you know, she's being called strong and I'm like, man, that is not strong. Like nothing about what you've done is strong. It's just snaky. Like, you know, I know strong black people that have had to deal with like, you know, We've dealt with racism, but we dealt with like '90s racism. We didn't deal with like '70s or '80s racism, like my like Nigerian side of the family. So you know, I just like I said, it's not pissing contest, but yeah, I just I don't I don't buy it. You know, she got a few more followers out of it. Sweet, yeah, ruined someone's career over it. Right. So the, the thing is, like, it, it's uh, like from
1: what we've spoken about before, it seems like. um there's some concerns that people have and I I would share this concern that there's a thing with social media now where what's happening is we're getting online witch hunts and like you were saying before um, a lot of the times those online witch hunts not always because there are times when it's totally justified and there's some things that people do that are fucking horrible and you know as we're talking about tattooing sure we all know exactly what I'm referring to right so there's things like that that happen. That yeah, it, I think those sorts of crusades definitely make sense. But it seems like this whole call out cancel culture. There's some really negative repercussions of that sort of in the future and how people deal
2: with being in life, right? Well, I was going to say with a lot of these uh these witch hunts, these crusades, like you might as well call these, you know the 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 justice police. The, the they're like the modern day gestapo like you know if you get them on your back you're fucked mate <laughs> you better pull out those juice because <laughs> 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 um, but oh sorry
3: sorry nick what was the point what, what did you ask me because I, I just
1: now go on I, Elia, you were gonna say something
3: I, I i had something to say i think what pisses me off the most about that kind of uh approach cancel culture uh social justice warriors, whatever whatever you want to call them, um, is that they're generally lefty, they're generally leftish, and their entire argument is a moral argument. Their their entire argument is that we're trying to be good, trying to be good, better, morally better than other people. And because they think they're morally better than other people, apparently that gives them the right to shit on and pass judgment on people who they perceive as less morally good. And what pisses me off is that these are the same people who believe in forgiveness. These are the same people who believe in self-betterment. These are the same people who believe in educating others when they're wrong, who believe in, you know, you have to try and talk and you, you have to try and develop as a human being and be more open-minded and, and search for that confrontation and, you know, learn. So if you believe in learning, then you believe that you can fuck up and make mistakes and then get better. The problem is, is that they actually, when you look at their actions, it's hypocritical and something I can't stand. When you look at their actions, they don't actually believe in learning because if they believed in learning, someone could fuck up, apologize. And that would be that. They've learned their lesson and have the opportunity to prove that they've developed as a human being by using cancel culture these mob tactics you take away that entire opportunity to get better Mm. you don't failing is no longer a learning point failing is just a crucifixion and there is no redemption from that they're completely irredeemable so which one is it and and i and i ask this sincerely because you know apparently this is this they're in the mainstream they're the ones who despite pretending to be (laughs) Perpetually victims are the ones who ultimately have the most power because these witch hunts happen because there's a majority consensus, so they have power. So, which one is it? Are people allowed to fuck up, make mistakes, and redeem themselves, or if you fuck up, you're irredeemable, cancelled forever? You can't do any. And then also, how far back, like, do you apply this retroactively? Like, this is this
1: is. I I agree with it. I think there's some sort of hypocrisy, like you say, quite rightly point out in the fact that people talking about acceptance and learning and growth and starting discussions, Uh, quite a lot of those people, not all of them, to to be fair to those people, not all of those, but the very vocal people, it seems really what they don't want is they don't want discussions. They want to tell you what you have to think, right? And they don't really want to give people the opportunity to grow or learn or be rehabilitated for things that they've done or be accepted for the things that they've done and grown from because it's all about Cancel that person. So mm. I think the problem is, is like with that. How far does that go, and what sort of repercussions are there with someone who's been cancelled from, you know, from society, so to speak?
3: Right. Yeah, I. I, yeah, I, was gonna I say, Sorry, go,
2: Dave. Well, I was just going to say, like, also with like these witch hunts, you know, a lot of a lot of people called like you know called witch like i can't even talk. A lot of people in the witch hunts obviously weren't witches because fucking don't exist. But, like, a lot of people died based on false accusations. So, you know, this whole, like, justice police going on their crusades, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people, like we said, a lot of fucked up shit has been coming out in tattooing, and yes, that shit needed to come out. But how many people are going to get falsely accused in all aspects of things? There's going to be, like, a lot, you know, you'll get out of ten people, what, like, you get five or six people that have actually done some fucked up shit, and then how many people that are just been thrown under, underneath the bus for maybe one or two like things that have been either said in the past or pictures that have been taken that are taken out of context and they've literally been thrown in with the actual like with the quote unquote witches like I just think and I totally agree with like where do you stop policing people's emotions like does it become like equilibrium where you literally need to have like a pill to like suppress your emotions So you just don't think or feel anything like I just I think it kind of just gets to a point where I just think you've kind of got to let people live, man. Like we all deserve to make a living and live in this world, regardless of what your opinion is, even if to today's standards, it isn't right. Or do we not? Go on.
3: I mean, like no, I mean I, I agree. I'd say the, like like you said, is the problem is where do you stop? And you know, do you we're quite lucky. I think everyone here grew up before and after the internet was a major thing. And so we remember how it was before and remember how it was after, and we can really clearly see the difference in in the way people interact. And so I feel like we've all dodged a collective bullet because if the internet existed whilst I was a young teenager. We'd all be fucked. <laughs> like we would have all said stupid shit. We'd have all done something questionable. And so, now that the internet is a constant thing with us, and your online life is possibly more important than your in real life, um, then you know, like you see this all the time. as you're starting to see it already. Uh, people who lose their jobs over things they've said and done online. Universities not accepting students based on posts they may have done years ago. So, you know. How far back do you judge someone because honestly if we're judging everybody for the entire the combination of their entire existence online, that means everybody's fucked like you 're yeah. all hypocrites because no one has a no one is perfect you could dig far, you could dig deep enough and find some shit on someone if you wanted to and that's going to become easier and easier as there are children there's people now who are twenty who are just born into having in their entire life since their parents posted baby pictures of them online. Yeah. And the, the, if you move, if you look at it in a future direction, you know um, what does, well, if you get canceled now, when do you get your career back? When do you get your reputation back? Is it, is it forever? Do you just not do anything for the rest of the time? Because someone can always search your name and go, Oh, do you remember in 2020 when you did that thing? so like how far forward does it go how far back does it go once you start there's, there's no where do you draw the line also well,
1: that, um, one of the things one of the things that i've sort of noticed as well that i seem to think is a problem and i'd be, i'd be intrigued to, to know if you agree is that one of the things i think social media has done and i've noticed it because i've you know i lived you know into my early 20s before i had anything close to that um, what happens now is social media teaches people to react it doesn't teach people to take in information on something, think about it, consider it, consider what would be a reasonable uh, repercussion or, or or a course of action from that. It seems like what social media has done is it has taught people to, go, to take something. So I say X, Y, Z, you react now by what you're thinking right now, and that's it. And it seems to me that that's what... Part of the problem with cancel culture is is that it's like it seems that it's just an, an, an uh, a reaction to what people have, you know, it's an emotive reaction to something that's coming at you straight away, which is normally quite visceral. Whereas if you take things in and you, you sit with it for a bit and think about it, you don't necessarily have such an emotional, visceral reaction.
3: Yep,
2: yeah, man, like, I totally agree with that. Like, I think because you can access everything so quickly nowadays you can find out information about people so easily now. Like it just, everything is literally quick and easy. So if you have that emotional, that irrational reaction to whatever you've seen, and literally the comment button is literally right there. You'll see the post, there's a comment button. You can literally just dig in straight away, get yourself in an argument with someone, just, you know, spend hours going back and forth on, I don't know, things that I just don't really think not like things don't matter, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you've just got to pay your bills really. That's like the only important thing. Like a lot of this shit's just, just doesn't really matter. Like,
3: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I teach and I see this with young kids that, I mean, just if one of the things that worries me the most is that people, we, we teach we're taught to skim read. We're not taught to read in depth every time we scroll we're only skimming we're only reading the title of an article too long don't read you don't ever actually go into depth the people the kind of people who do go into depth usually get ridiculed for caring so much about it so it's not even a it's not even a skill that's that's prized anymore doing your research doing critical thinking looking up facts is not something that is apparently uh you know prized as a as a to-do thing. What's prized is just looking at something for as, as little time as possible, leaving your reaction, and then scrolling past, because everything's about how how fast we consume information, how fast we consume stories. It's about quantity and not quality anymore. And that is dangerous, because we've seen it with fake news, we've seen it with fake posts, that you can write anything that seems you know, sensational or inflammatory and people just jump on it without actually ever fact-checking, uh, without actually ever going in depth, without actually considering their opinions, stepping back and being a bit more objective. And there's just, uh, I mean, I see it as just so little critical thinking. Um, you know, why has someone written this? Who benefits from framing it this way? Who, wh- is this a reputable source? Has it been fact-checked? <laughs> Simple things like this.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was listening to the radio today as well. And even things like fact checking is really difficult now because I was listening to Radio 4 when I was driving in my car today because I'm a bit of a nerd like that. And they were talking about this thing where there's a, uh, a guy who's selling uh, as a response to this uh, conspiracy about 5G being what causes coronavirus is selling USB sticks that supposedly protect you from that. And you don't even need to put that into your computer. You you just need to do that. So the thing that one of the things that I found really interesting in that uh, that that, that um, what would it be? I suppose the the radio
3: reportage. Yeah,
1: yeah, the interview that I was listening to. the The guy said that this scientist who's created these USB things has papers that are written on it that are peer reviewed. Because you can pay now there 's like pay to peer review sites where it doesn 't really matter necessarily what the content is that you, you have, so it 's also like a difficult thing even trying to find out what the facts are now, right because mm. if there 's scientific papers that can be written and be peer reviewed by a fake peer review company just for money, how does anyone even know what the truth is? I think for me, the, the problem is like people don 't seem to want to actually think about it; they just want to react. Mm-hmm. Just, just it's more
3: satisfying you know having an emotional visceral reaction is cathartic you go I feel this thing I feel this outrage and you just blur, spill it out on the post and you know if when you're right and when you win an argument it feels good you pat yourself on the back you know my opinion was the right opinion you 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 take that as a win and that's what people care about It's the same kind of psychology behind wanting to get as many likes as possible wanting to get as many followers as possible wanted to get as much of just validation all of it is about validation today and that's it's really for me it's worrying especially when i see it with young people young people i work with that you care you care so much about other people's opinions you care so much about your in your interactions with other people your entire existence is ruled and regulated uh, in relation to how others perceive you. And that is super dangerous because not those people won't always be there, friends can come and go, likes can come and go, cancel culture can strip that away from you at a drop of a hat, and you don't develop as a person. You don't intrinsically develop yourself uh, to be a well-rounded person who can cope on their own because at some point everybody in life is going to find themselves on their own for whatever reason uh, and you know when you're not even attempting to train that skill to be a bit independent yeah that uh, makes and- sense
1: Davide you said you you were waving
2: your your card um yeah I, I was waving my card but I, I think I was. what was I going to say I think I was going to say something about it's almost like being able to react to things and share your opinion and well shit on other people is basically, it's like the new type of racism. Like, okay, we can't properly be racist anymore. So the next because humans like to feel not inferior. What's the opposite of inferior? Superior. There you go. Superior. Like people, I feel like it's a natural basic instinct to want to be better than someone else. You know, and I guess that's why people who are racist, you know, they think they are better than you. But I guess in this case, people, just want to show that they are better than other people by shitting on whatever they posted or by sharing their opinion or sharing their opinion if they have a different one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So going, so going back to like tattooing, is there any things that you think in tattooing that really do need to change from a point of view of like representation of people, you know, different colors other than white? Cause let's face it, almost every tattooist I know is white
2: well the same same uh, to be honest i personally don't because if there are only you know if there's 100 tattooists and only fucking 10 of them are black mate only 10 of them are black like what are you supposed to do like you can't force uh, like i'll use skateboarding as an example so when i used to skate there was very few women who were into skateboarding very few women who were sponsored Obvious. And then now, and it's not that skateboarders didn't want women to fucking skate. There just wasn't as many. It was just like a fact. Whereas now, I've like, you know, because of the quarantine, I've got back into skateboarding. And there is a shit ton of women who skate. So, you know, there is that natural progression.
1: Well, this Whereas, is you know, like what, one of the things before we go on on that. One of the things with that, though, is that not somewhat to do with representation? And as much as it takes some people to break the mould, as in, you know, those first female skateboarders who broke the mould, who show you this is this is cool, this world is OK for you, then it sort of creates a snowballing effect from right. there. Well, I do
2: agree with that, but it's still not forced. Like so my generation of skateboarding, the, you know, the main girl that was there was Elisa Steamer. When she was when she got into skateboarding, there literally like she literally named there were two other female skaters that you know had video parts. The rest were guys, and she was interested in the guys that were skateboarding, not the women. So just because there is you know there were other women didn't mean that necessarily that she got into skateboarding because of those women. She got into it because well not because of the guys. She just she got into it because it was rad in general, and she was more interested about you know. What the guy skaters were doing, Yeah, I don't know. like I i don't feel that my experience in tattooing would have been any different if i have turned up to all the conventions that I turned up, that you, like you were there, and you know, whether there was the usual three brown people that were there, or whether there was a hundred, like I don't really feel like it's, you know make any difference to me. like I mean, I don't know. Like, a lot of the things I'm into are mainly like things that white people are into not but I don't know I just don't really think that I personally don't think there's an issue with like brown people black people people that aren't white so not just black and brown people anyone who isn't white whether they're Asian or whatever I don't think there is an issue with that in tattooing. like I think tattooing has always been pretty fucking open so
1: yeah, I like fair play. Laurie, you've you've got your card up.
3: Yeah. Um I like the issue of representation irks me because there is real issues of representation in areas where they are notoriously closed off. There are places where you know minorities are not made welcome, are purposely not made welcome, and are purposely excluded. And that is a thing that shouldn't be that way, clearly. But then In the sort of crusade to fix those areas, and they're usually more, I would say, mainstream type of places, you know, subcultures get thrown under the bus as well. And I've seen this, well, now with tattooing, apparently, and uh, I've seen this in, in metal, I've seen this generally in alternative culture, when actually, factually, subcultures tend to be the place where all the... Outcasts of society or the marginalized people gravitate to because you're marginalized. So, trying to like label subcultures with the same kind of sins of exclusion that mainstream circles have to me has never made sense. And we saw this with Gamergate, we saw this when they, you know, they talk about representation in metal. You see this when, you know, skateboarding could be another example. I'm assuming it's similar in tattooing. The reason that, you know, you do find some brown and minority people in these areas even if you know you might say they're more white hobbies or white areas is because they're that accepting. I've never had the reason I've probably suffered less racism (laughs) in general in my life compared to maybe other brown people is because my interests and my circles of hobbies yeah they're full of white people but they're full of the kind of white people who were also excluded in some way, shape or form from society or made to feel different or generally alternative and therefore they were super open-minded. Me being brown was never a problem. It so it was that's just, absolutely un- absolutely. just another alternative person. And so just to finish the point, what I don't like about the narrative around representation in, in the media, in the mainstream media, I get it. You know, you need some role models to look up to but it can't be forced. You, this is eugenics. If there is only XY people, Doing this thing, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go pick black people and tell them to get into white hobbies, force them to get into white hobbies? It's social engineering, and it doesn't work. As long if the gate is open, if that thing is open enough and welcoming enough, it will organically happen. So the question is then, are you making it open enough? And that that's a question you can work on, but not just paint everybody with the same brush of there has to be the same amount of representation everywhere and I I I don't agree it just doesn't happen that way
1: so is it like a positive roundup to this whole thing because it feels like we've been quite like there negative about everything that's going on but like as, as a positive sort of a roundup is there any ways that you think because we've talked about earlier on there's like a fear of this divide and divides growing and you know like you say like um what are already outsider cultures are now sort of being accused of being racist when as you were just saying you don't really necessarily feel that they are um, is there any positive ways that you think that can move forwards Like, because me personally deep down inside I'm a bit of a hippie and what I think is that the more people start coming together and talking about shared experiences and seeing that you like you say, like people within the metal world, skateboarding world, they felt marginalised too in different ways. And the the more I think, people come together and talk about and share experiences rather than go, "Well, oh, mine's worse than yours," "Mine's worse than yours," "Fuck you," kind of thing. Like, is there any ways that you think would be a positive move forwards for people to take an approach?
2: Um, I, I mean, I guess, like, I think the Best thing, like you said, is just talking to people and not forcing. Just because someone doesn't think the same way as you doesn't mean they're like wrong. So if you can at least get to a you know talk to them and get to a, a like a level level playing field with them, where you can maybe understand, or you can both understand how you've gotten to think in that way. You know, like everyone experiences life differently, and kind of going back on that hippie shit, like you know. I can't understand how you think, Nick. Even though if we, even if we have maybe similar views on s- certain things, but it's like we've had two different lives. So, you know, the way you come to a conclusion, like a conclusion, to something is always going to be slightly different. But if you can talk about it and not necessarily, maybe not get angry, but just try and uh, what's the
3: word? Um, keep an open mind. No, I mean, like, you- what's
2: that, not 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 sympathise empathize empathize. Empathize. Em- empathize yeah like yeah. if you can empathize with someone even if they're like wrong or a piece of shit or a racist piece of shit like i'm pretty sure you being not an asshole back to them might be like oh, okay do you know what these these darkies are all right <laughs> Maybe I, <should've> been- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man <laughs>
3: I mean, it sounds cliche, but yeah, I mean, honestly, talk talking and being honest, like I, I can respect honesty. I have major problems with hypocrisy and people bullshitting because honestly, you can't get a handle on someone if they flip flop in their opinions. At least if you're honest about your feelings and how you feel, you know, you, you can I can respect that someone can be a racist piece of shit. Someone can literally disagree with my existence But there's probably reasons for that. You know, uh, there's irrational hatred, but then that's usually consolidated by bad experiences. The same way, you know, I've had bad experiences with white people, but I've had to, but I've had also lots of good experiences. And therefore, overall, the good experience outweigh the bad experiences. And therefore, you know, if I have to tally up in my hand, clearly I come to the conclusion that not all white people are racist and bad. But if somebody doesn't generally hang out with minorities and the few times they have hung out with minorities, it's been a bad experience. In their head, that's a hundred percent tally. And so that will discourage them from doing that again. And that will discourage them from being open-minded. So honestly, I think we should be happy to have difficult conversations. We should be happy to have confrontations, but not just go in with your ego, with your holier-than-thou, and your ears close, la, 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 la. I'm not, I'm not going to listen unless it's what I'm used to hearing. You need to actually go in for a conversation. You need yeah. to actually go in with an open mind Yeah, and be willing to listen to something that you disagree with and shut up and wait for them to finish and then give, say, your piece. And you might, you know, you can agree to disagree at the end of it. I've talked to very far-right people. I've talked to neo Nazis. I've talked to people who, yeah, generally... I I wouldn't normally talk to people would are surprised that I even like engage in a conversation with them but for me it was fruitful I got a lot out of it I got a much different uh perspective uh you know some level of empathy for for their life experience and how they've come to those conclusions and hopefully it was fruitful for them too maybe they got something out of it as well
2: yeah go on Davide You, you had your card up a minute ago um I, I, don't, I don't think I did, mate. I was just agreeing with what Elara is saying, like with the uh, talking about like ir- irrational, like r- the things that lead to you having irrational thoughts and stuff. Like you know, I've had you know experiences with white people that weren't that great, experiences of white people that were good. The same with like black people. I've had some like fucking awful. Well. I've had some like awful experiences. Some of like the the more not, like, life-threatening, but, like, where I, like, generally felt fear was with, like, just black people, just black people in London being black people in London. Sorry, I'm not generally throwing you all underneath the bus, but... What do, yeah, you, mean, just, what do you mean by that, then? Like, when you say well, black people in London being like black people one, in
1: London, was, and then, then saying, like, I'm not throwing everyone under the bus, you kind no, of... No, no.
2: Well, I was going to say, there was this, like, one experience where, like, with a, when I was, like, nine or ten... T- uh, getting the bus to school. I had to take like three buses to like, get to school with my younger sister and a group of black lads at the bus stop all stepped outside the front of the bus and the bus had to swerve around them. And then they got on the bus and started being really abusive to the driver and the people on the bus. Bear in mind, I'd only lived in this country maybe a year or two, a year and a bit, and I'd never seen anything like that in, in, in Italy. Like generally like other brown people just either didn't have money or generally didn't really see them it's just a lot of white people in Italy at the time but after they uh, had a go at everyone on the bus and had a go at the bus driver they all there was like a fence they jumped over the fence there was a train track and they st- they grabbed some rocks and they started ro- throwing rocks at the bus and one of the rocks hit the window where my sister was sitting and nearly like took her eye out I mean like, I still remember that to- yeah Like We ended up having to go to the hospital. It was all quite traumatic. Generally thought she was going to lose her eye. And, you know, for the next few months, like, I felt fucking weird every time I was around a group of, like, black dudes. Obviously, you know, time has gone on and, you know, I don't feel that way. But things can happen in your life that leave a distaste in your mouth. Like, I had a similar experience with some Eastern Europeans who jumped me outside of my studio at like four o'clock in the morning and you know the lucky enough only one of them started laying into me and the other person you know they were both drunk the other person was just like what the fuck's going on grab this mate off me everything was okay in the end you know but for the next once again next few months every time i walked past a group of eastern europeans or even just like hearing them speak like would just take me back to that moment and it was irrational and you know I'd have thoughts of like hate towards them but you know time has now gone by you know I've got plenty of like Eastern European clients like it's not like I fucking like things yeah. can just happen that you know irrationally change can change your views on people and then you know with enough time you know shit goes away like but but, there's but what, a choice
1: what What reconciles what what did you do that reconciled that? Is that something that you've come to a reconciliation in your own head, or is it like from being around people like that and experiencing other people and just going, well, they're not well, like that
2: um I just got on with my life like that's literally like i didn't i whilst I was having all these thoughts, whether it was the you know black people, fucking Eastern Europeans sometimes. Or whoever, whatever thing that happens where you know you might have an irrational thought. I'm not ruled by that irrational thought. Like your brain can think of multiple things at the same time. So as I'm having these irrational thoughts, as I'm walking past these group of Eastern Europeans, for example, I know that what I'm thinking is irrational. Maybe John down the street, who's like racist as fuck, can't get to that, you know, he can't think to that point where it's like, I understand the what my brain is thinking now. irrational and i shouldn't be thinking about this because they're probably just talking about their shit day at work like you know i didn't do anything special to try and get over the the trauma just went after a while because i knew that i was being irrational i wasn't thinking straight i was you know a little bit like ptsd like you know the thing can happen it brings that memory back it, it hurts but then you know each time as time goes by that memory doesn't seem to come back as strong So yeah. i don't know if there's like i didn't do anything magical to get over it just got over it like you know well, one of the
1: things it, that one of the things that it seems like is um in this day and age with things like cancel culture and all this call out culture it's very difficult to be honest about things because i think personally me personally i think if everyone was honest with themselves They've all had negative racial thoughts at some point. Every fucker on the face of the earth at some point will have. And you can't rectify that without A, being honest about it, and then B, being able to talk about it without fear of the fact that that's going to suddenly ruin your
2: entire life. Right? Yeah, I totally agree, man. Like, with all the fucked up shit that humans do, like, racism is just kind of, it is just part not like it's part of life, but it's just something that's there. Like it's not right. It, well, it's definitely not right. It's obviously like wrong, but it's like, you can't, you know, you. I don't know how you eradicate it. And if you do eradicate it, there will just be something else. If it's not racism, it's classism. It's not classism, it's sexism. If it's not sexism, it's some other ism. Like you can't, you just need to find that, level playing fields where everyone can exist on this gray area like life isn't just black white and not in the sense of the color but just you know life is a gray area and you can't fix everything in that gray area you just got to try and get to the end of life well yeah just got to try and get to the fucking end of it mate like
3: yeah, go on, Elara. You wanted yeah. to say something. Yeah, um, no, I, I mean, I agree entirely. I was about to say, like, we're, we're tribal creatures. Like, it's, it, we're tribal creatures. We're social, but we're tribal. There's always going to be an us and them. The categories and criteria of those us and them we know from history continually change you know, it can be about countries, it can be about race, it can be about sexism, it can be about class, it can be about whatever the fuck you want. In the future, there will probably be many, many more groups of us and them. It never stops. It's the way we are. We intrinsically care more about our in-groups than our out-groups, and we intrinsically fear the out-group we don't know as well. However, we're civilized now, and we don't automatically try and, like, kill the out group, for example. So in that sense, yeah, you can have a ira- Everyone is a little bit racist, as Avenue Q said. Everyone has had racist thoughts. Even minorities have racist thoughts. Let's not bullshit each other. Minorities can be racist against minorities. Happens all the time. Whether you act on them is what actually makes you a racist. Thinking things doesn't make you racist. And so the same way you know, you can think about committing a crime, You can think about suicide. You can think about a whole bunch of fucked up things. Unless you act on it, you're not actually that thing. And so, you know, to to actually be able to get some kind of positive resolution out of this, we need to all be honest about that fact. And that involves talking about it. So if someone can't say that they've had racist thoughts or that they may have been racist in the past, but now they're not, or they are, you know, they think in a racist way and they genuinely believe it. If you don't allow people to express themselves, you automatically condemn them for that expression. Now you don't get anywhere. So this is what I mean. Like, which one is it? Do you actually believe in freedom of speech and freedom of expression? Or do you only believe in certain kinds, certain topics? doing it in a certain way because you know otherwise you can't actually do all of this learning and healing and educating that you so profess without being able to do that
1: well, also, that's the, one of the problems with that as well is the way, you know, like you were saying where you can only think this, you have to think that, you have to think this. That, that also is a problem in itself because over time, those things, those parameters will change and yeah. different generations will feel different. And then suddenly you'll be outside of the parameters of what's the good guy and you'll be mm. suddenly finding yourself in the parameters of what the bad guy is without yep. ever changing.
2: Well, yeah, imagine,
3: you know, people we get it's older
2: all our old people are now well for a while now have all like you know a lot of people's grandparents are racist but it's like dude if you lived their life at that point in time they weren't racist then like it just wasn't that big a deal to like have say your racial slurs and obviously over time you know now they are but it's like you can't have them at fault for having the mentality of the time period that you know they they lived in and like you said in 10 20 years time we'll probably be like the whatever of that era like yeah.
3: yeah yeah you're already seeing it now you know I, I work with young people and their mentality towards this thing is completely different from my mentality and sometimes there isn't too much of an age gap even a 20 year old and 18 year old I'm, I'm 27. And you see that age gap, you see that difference in mentality, and it only go keeps going as, as there's more generational change and as you get older. And, and this is another thing, you can't moralize ad hoc. You can't moralize after the fact. You, you can't apply your moral standards to the past and decontextualize. You need that context. Like, clearly, in the context of a few hundred years ago, you know, racist things were clearly okay. Like, how am I supposed to tell, you know, somebody who lived through the 50s now that, oh yeah, by the way, lynching people was bad. Or if I go back further, oh, by the way, the slave trade was bad. Or if I go back further, further, further still, oh, by the way, you know, killing your neighbor with sticks and stones is bad. Obviously that's bad by our standards, but our standards don't remain fixed. They keep changing. You could do nothing and remain fixed, and you see that the goalposts keep moving further and further away from you, and so there's no point looking back to the past and trying to moralize on them out of context. You need to do it within context, otherwise, you know in a hundred years we might look like barbarians whoever comes after us
2: yeah yeah, it makes sense well it's like they're trying to like police we'll use movies, for example, like apparently now, if you go on like what sky movies and you look up aliens like the movie, apparently it's got like some massive warning saying, you know, it might not have the same, like not like the film has the same points of views as today, which I don't really understand because it, you know, nothing racist happens in it. I'm pretty sure it shows women in a strong manner like Aliens. I think like Aliens is probably one of the best franchises in terms of depicting strong women, but, you know, apparently we can't watch Aliens or I don't know just a lot of just the censorship of all media that you seem to be able to consume especially media from not now um
3: it's just it's just so it's so easy you know like the the past can't stand up for itself the past can't defend itself can't you know argue back it's too easy like yeah okay great of course i can shit on a slave trader clearly You know, the same way I could shit on a Viking slave trader slaving in Irish people. The same way I could shit on cavemen barbarically murdering each other. Like, what? what? Like, what does that achieve? I feel better than them because we've moved on as a humanity and as a civilization. Well well done. Like, clearly, that's the point. You know, uh, where does it stop? And you see this in films as a good example. You know, films from the 70s pretty racist films from the 80s can't be racist anymore but we're going to still be sexist films from the 90s okay we can't really be sexist or racist anymore we're going to be homophobic and then films in 2000s like okay we can't be homophobic <laughs> that leaves you know we'll do some trans jokes like this is what i mean about the goalposts changing
1: yeah yeah it makes sense it's a, it's a difficult thing i think when you're talking about things like uh the stuff to do with the past I assume, uh, <clears throat> I assume you're talking about, like, the statue removal and things like that that's going on at the moment, right? Yeah. Because my, my personal view on that is, like, I think that probably the best way to deal with that is to not just fucking get rid of them entirely, but to take some of the ones down that are the worst things, put them somewhere with context as to why they've been taken down so people can learn from history, you know, from the past and understand that, but there is the context of it, you know?
2: And let 100% agree bring- yeah, no, no, I totally agree with that. Like, I just think, like, you know, the shit with, Ch- like, Churchill's stand true. It's like, okay, cool, he did some fucked up shit, but pretty sure, like, we wouldn't have won World War II. So I'm like, he did some fucked up shit or we're all Nazis. Like, which one do you want to take? And it's like, well, just put up a plaque. Well, like, the thing is, though, when you say that, seems like we are all Nazis these days, anyway.
3: it? Well, oh, mate. <laughs> didn't work, <Dude>. didn't work. <laughs> Dude,
2: it's
1: Sorry, I couldn't resist it. The Starpo, I couldn't resist the
2: joke.
0: Yeah,
2: put up a plaque. Like, just stick a plaque with, okay, this man has done these things and he has also done these things and you can take your children there and, you know, they can learn. But it's like, I'm not being funny, but I've never walked past a statue and felt oppressed. Now, obviously in America, you know, a lot of, or even here, I guess, with like the slave owners or the slave trade, but I'm sorry, man. I've never walked past a fucking statue and felt like, oh my, like just, don't look at the fucking statue if you're that offended like do you think
1: do you think the there's people way, there are, do you think there are people out there that are offended by things like that and, and do
2: feel oppressed by those things? yeah do you know what there probably is and do you know what i say <laughs> 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 Sorry, but like i don't know i think it's like the same they are the same people that are part of like the crusade i just think like if you're going to be that offended by like i said some things shouldn't maybe they shouldn't be there in this day and age. I can understand, like, maybe it's outdated and it does maybe need to be moved somewhere, but not torn down or graffitied on, like, just take the monument down or... I know with certain cases, people had petitioned to get rid of certain things and, you know, they've been petitioned for, like, ages and nothing was happening. So I guess, you know, when nothing happens, you do need to sometimes go to the extreme. And yeah. I totally understand that, but it's like... I I don't know, I just feel like a lot of the the statues that I don't know, I feel like certain British British people feel like it's part of their culture. And whether they that's right or wrong, if it was anyone else's culture, I'm just gonna use like Muslims for example, just just gonna throw them in there, like you can't just take away or attack something that someone truly believes is either part of their culture or just something they wanna protect, like you need to like I said, reach that middle ground, if you just you know, come at that thing with a shit like you know hate and you back these people up into the corner, these people aren't going to react in the most positive of you know, ways. And as we've seen, exactly that's happened, creating this racial divide. Like, okay, I don't know, how much good are we doing pushing the people that are like maybe a bit more far right? What good are we doing pushing them Further and further towards the right, because all they feel in their heads, they just feel like they're protecting their like British culture, which is a thing. Like I don't know why apparently like white people aren't allowed to have culture, but you know, it's I feel like we they didn't... have the right to do that.
1: It's because we've stolen it off of everyone else. So... <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry, allow if, 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 oh,
3: if I'm going to say something. If I if I make, I mean, I agree entirely that I mean, if you cared about history then you would put it in its historical context if we care about telling history in a more uh, balanced and full-sided way then you would add an extra plaque rehouse them in museums you know there's a whole bunch of different ways of dealing with monuments and on on a sort of objective note these are just artifacts they're just objects yes the symbology attached to it but these objects tell you something about society tell you a little bit about society's values when the object was erected but you know don't necessarily tell you about society's values for however long they've been there statues have been there for hundreds hundreds of years you know it's you can definitely recontextualize them it shouldn't be a problem if removing a statue in a, in a safe way, not breaking it and, you know, vandalizing it. If removing a statue is a threat to your way of life, then you for both sides, what's wrong with you? For one side, how have you ever been offended by a statue? For the other side, unless you're a pigeon, like that <laughs> statue, has, how like do you think about the, st- the st- st- statue of Churchill when you go to bed if you're really that patriotic? Like, no. It doesn't matter to either of you. It's just an artifact. So objectively, it's an object and you can move objects and you can recontextualize objects and you can do whatever you want with objects. The object itself doesn't matter. It's the ideology and the symbology behind it that matters and people care a lot about ideas and symbols it goes back to our discussion from before and so like my brother said you need to find that you're not going to make everyone happy clearly in a situation like this you find that middle ground but it seems like there is a push supporting only one side and that defranchises the other side and the other side tends to be the kind of people who are already a little bit extremish or borderline and like i said you don't want to it's not like we're afraid to make those people uncomfortable but they're the kind of people that are already a little bit i wouldn't say on the border or unhinged but could very easily become violent they're not the they're not the peaceful ones you know like they can very easily become violent and so why would you why would you go out of your way to put to push them into a corner? Also, it's not fair. Like we said, we want a middle ground. If it was about history, you could just you know recontextualize it. But it's not about history. It's 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 seemed completely directionless to me. There's a massive difference between tearing down a statue of a slave trader and tearing down a statue of Churchill and tearing down you know home. Like you need to take it case by case because different historical figures would have you know, in their life, done different (coughs) good and bad things. Some are obvious. When you look at America, that's what I mean about context, that makes sense. In America, there's Confederate statues that aren't anything to really do with having achieved anything great, except having owned a plantation and made enough money to start a town and build yourself a statue. In that case, sure, that's not really that historical, that meaningful in terms of progress or achievement, that's just somebody who had enough money to make a statue of themselves and pat themselves on the back. And it just echoes that power dynamic, which happens to be white in this case. So sure, Confederate statues of that nature, that's one case. That is a very different context to what we have here in the UK. And trying to have the same you know, course of action, the same outrage for all of these different representations of historical figures to me doesn't make sense. It just completely doesn't. It's directionless. Yeah. What, what do you achieve? Yeah. Uh, you know? At the same time, I understand I like remember I said some of these statues that are a bit in, you know, inflammatory, they've been petitioned for a long time and nothing ever got done. So now you take the opportunity while everybody is pissed off, forcing numbers, to get to to get something done. I get that. But again, on a case by case basis, you can't like the same way you're just just, like we said, we shouldn't really moralize about the past and past people. You can also not judge all past figures by the same brush. And, you know, people keep forgetting that there's the other alternative. If you have such a big problem with there being predominantly white men uh, memorialized in statues, just add more statues. It's not like we lack space. Add more statues of white, like of, of women. Add more statues of minorities. If you want to balance it out and make it more representative of our society today, yeah. No one talks about that.
1: Also, the other thing is like I, I totally agree with what you're saying as well. Is like really none of the people that are fighting so much over the statues like care about four, statues? Four, yeah, exactly. <laughs> really care like you like the people who've come down with Tommy Robinson and all of his fucking mates. Uh, well, Tommy Robinson didn't even bother. He decided not to. <clears throat> But uh, he said he was going to, he decided not to, don't know why. Um, But anyway, like, all those people have come down to protect statues. One of the things that does sort of, like, really stick in my throat about that is, like, how many fucking times have you gone and looked at that statue? How many times does it really make a fucking difference in your life? Mm -hmm. If 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 you've never actually even seen it in real life, and the first time you've seen it in real life is when you're there protesting to make sure that other people don't
2: draw on it or whatever. Like, go on. Yeah, but well, I, no, no, I agree with you, but that goes for both sides.
3: No, yeah, like, that's what it, I mean. Like, that's what I mean. It goes
2: for oh, both sides. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, fucking how many minorities have walked past Churchill's statue and thought, like, damn those Indians that starved. Like, I don't know, like, it just... I don't even know where, like, Churchill's statue is. Like, I don't care where it is. Like, all I know is that, you know, he had, if he didn't do the things he did, To like step in in World War Two, no matter what other crazy shit he did in his life, the Germans would have taken over France, and then the next fucking country after that was England. So you know, do I take being you know, not like you know having Nazi Germany take over like everywhere, or do you just accept that people in power do fucked up shit? No one, no president, no prime minister hasn't like hasn't got like they all have blood on their hands, like they do. It's like a fact. So, you know, just like Larry said, like things that have happened in the past, you can't judge it by today's standards. So yeah, he did that fucked up shit in the past. I mean, we've got people in power now, we've got presidents now who are still doing fucked up shit. So it's like, I don't don't know what people are trying to achieve. To me, it just seems like a pointless exercise. It's like people in power will continue to do fucked up shit. Whether they get called out on it now, they get called out on it in 20 years, 30 years, when. We've realised that the shit they were doing was fucked up. Like, it, does, it, do, does it matter? I don't know. Does it
1: matter? So, no. so to round things up now and for, to find a nice little neat end to this whole discussion, what would you, like, with everything that's going on now and everything that's happening and the energy that people have, right, how would you like to see this go forwards? Do you have any things of how you would like to see people direct that energy? Because I do think the energy that, that people have got is something that can be a force for good
2: well i mean i personally think so like i'll i'll give the stupid answer and then my sister can actually give you the like proper answer but i think you know the way we fix this is when you know we all go back to fucking work and then all realize like oh shit i've got fucking bills to pay you know that's slightly more important than my bullshit ass crusade because all the people on these crusades you know they're not going to pay each other's bills when they're all like you know when when they're fucked so there's that On a real note, I do think just, you know, peace and love, man, and like just talking to people. Don't just, just don't attack people and just assume, just because they have a different perspective on life, that they are your enemy from the get go. Like, because, I mean, I don't know, that just doesn't resolve anything. You just sometimes have to be nice, even if you've got to take the first step. Like, if North and South Korea, kept just going at each other's throats instead of well i mean just north korea just chilling but if like one of them was open to just by one of them like north korea just would just chill just a little bit and just maybe sit and talk but you know apparently that's too hard you know the world would be a better place i just think people need to empathize with if with each other even if they don't share the same opinion and how about you laria
3: i mean I, i agree like uh, I guess you're right. Like there's a lot of energy. I'm, it's a good thing. It's it's a good thing that especially young people, younger people have this energy. At the same time, I agree with my brother that maybe a lot of this energy is because we've been sat at home for four to five months doing nothing. And it might all go back to, you know, business as usual when, when we do have jobs again, or just business as usual as people get outraged. And then in a week, People have forgotten. We've. This is not the first time we've been here. It's not the first major race-related, you know, outrage. It's been happening forever. And so, in a way, I'm. I'm happy that the energy has been sustained. This is actually quite long, all things considered, uh, compared to previous times. But I feel like it's directionless. At least in Europe, in the rest of the world, I feel like it's directionless because America has some very clear goals of what they can achieve mostly to do with their police in england you know you're going to have to define other goals they're not the same goals it's not the same context we have different problems same theme but different problems and so i feel like a lot of the outrage is just like gun like it's like gunning randomly just just spitting in in everyone's direction without actually having any idea of what you want to achieve of all of this outrage for me i feel like if you you know think of a goal you want to want to get at and then that way organise a movement behind that that's great in general yeah i agree with my brother like uh, leaving that ego leaving that you know morally superior attitude at the door would help a lot because all that's doing It's alienating people like us. I'm brown. I don't fucking ask for you to white knight me. I don't ask you for shit. Like, I don't need you to speak up for me. If I had a problem, I would speak up for myself, you know? But of course, there's some white people who have to be out there trying to make themselves look like saviors because it's patronizing. It's fucking patronizing because poor brown and minorities, they can't speak for themselves. They can't deal with their own issues. And on on one side, I'm like, yeah, you might have a bigger platform. Use it if you can but not in a patronizing way not in a way that like if you don't do it no one else will on the other hand on the other hand I feel like uh you know generally uh sitting down if you leave all of that all of that moral superiority all of that trying to prove a point that you're better than other people at the door, you can have fruitful conversations like we've just had. You can have nuance. I feel like things have become so polarized that it alienates people in the middle, people who might have slightly divergent views, people who might not entirely agree. And that doesn't automatically make them wrong. No one's, I want to see now, we've just expressed a different view. I want to see now how many people come after us. Had we been white, it would have been a different story.
1: Yeah, well, I like, uh, just to finish up like thank you for coming and talking on on the podcast because one of the things that i i do want to try and be careful of with doing this little like you know mini series talking about racism is i don't want it to just be one point of view i don't want it to be just like this is what you have to think this is how it is um because like we said before it's a lot about discussions in everything in life take away the racism all of the things of the divides in life is all about coming together and talking and having discussions and some of those discussions are going to be hard some of them you're going to have to listen to things you don't want to listen to but Mm. i think it's important and i think that's kind of why i think some of the things that have been expressed in this podcast some people will probably sit down and be like fuck you guys right I (laughs) i think those people that have that immediate reaction what i would say to them is okay have that reaction but sit on it think about it listen to it and just take it in and see if you can you know, think about that and see it in a different way, you know, because that's how we'll all, I think, move forwards as human beings.
3: Yeah, yeah I definitely. I-, I 100% agree. If you we, if we can't sit down and just be honest and open-minded, it sounds cliche, but it's necessary. You can't start building any kind of understanding, any kind of empathy without that, you know, expressing how you really feel and being able, allowed to do that safely without getting attacked from the gate. From the get-go which seems to be you know this the situation in a lot of cases now you can't say an opinion about a, a you know questionable or divergent opinion without getting immediately attacked
2: yeah yeah well i was just gonna just i know we're like trying to wrap this up but it, it's not like larry when you were saying about just like you don't need like the white knights in shining armor but it's like it's not just the white knights you've literally got the black crusade i mean all just, of them. Like, Wait a minute. You've got like the, you've got the white knights and you've got the black crusade (laughs) of like, you know, people just calling out other black people for not, you know, black people calling out black people because they haven't said anything on social media as if like social media is like the only way to like voice your opinion about shit. Like if I don't want to pop a black square or if I don't like just because I might not care what the fuck happens across the pond because, you know unfortunately it's a thing that happens a lot and you know if this is the last time that it happens even though clearly it won't be awesome but if I don't have an opinion on it because I generally don't care about most things that happen on that goes on in the world or in the news because if I cared about every single thing that happened you just fucking jump off a bridge you just would because like life is fucked up so I don't know I just feel like people need to like chill out and not trying like you know you've got people saying like oh, i'll know who my racist friends are if someone doesn't post whatever and it's like what the fuck does that even mean like how can you judge literally a person based on what they're showing on social media which not everything that you show what you show on social media isn't you it's just what you want people to see like i don't know man
3: yeah it just comes out it comes out dishonest I, I had people literally I don't ever post on social media I'm too busy um I've worked my ass off these last few months unlike some people who've unfortunately been at home but like I had literally who <laughs> <laughs> not, not in a bad way but like I've worked a lot and I literally had people go you know if you, your silence is complicity if you don't talk about this topic you're complicit and like in some situations, silence is complicity. When the situation is happening right in front of you, in front of your eyes, and you had the opportunity to speak up. Me being off social media for an indeterminate amount of time because I'm working, you know, is just ridiculous. It's like, what, what does that even prove? I haven't posted about an issue and therefore somehow even me, like by that logic, even me, who clearly probably shouldn't be caught out in this, due to the amount of melanin I have would be like would be somehow incomplicitly racist it makes no sense absolutely no sense makes
1: sense uh, I say that's quite a nice mic drop moment there I like I I like that that's good that's a good way to
0: end it but thank you very much for coming on and talking very much appreciate
1: <laughs> well, it. thank uh, you
3: very much for having us thank
0: you very much man good on you you made it to the end hope you enjoyed that um If you did enjoy it, please do things like like and subscribe and comment. And if there's anything that you want to say on it, if you've got an opinion, by all means, leave it in the comments. If you're the guy called Joshua, I can't remember his name. I can't remember your second name, but you, you left some comments on the other one that got deleted. Just to clear things up. I didn't delete those. That was either YouTube or someone complained about them. And also, I'm not Australian. Should be able to tell that from my accent. Do better. Anyway, have a good day, everyone.